Hey everyone, this is Michael. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Today we continue the series, Infinite Hope, The Pursuit of Happiness, where we explore the kingdom of God and find hope in the midst of chaos through the eyes of Jesus and the Beatitudes. In this episode, Johnny Wilzinski takes us to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, before we start, I would just uh, like to request, is it okay if we have another word of prayer? It, and you can, you can say back, yeah, that, that's okay. If not, you know, I want to honor your, honor your choice. So, so let's pray. I got a lot of yeses. Precious God, hope sometimes is hard to find. Sometimes it seems like those around us have it and it seems not real to us. I ask that you step into this space and that we leave far more hopeful than when we walked in. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So speaking of stories, I want to tell you a short one. There were three boys and, you know, these these boys love to play board games. Their names were Will, Mike, and Dustin. You may know their story. So this was one of those nights where they got together and played board games. And wouldn't you believe it, things started getting really strange in their town. They started getting really weird. So they wanted to check it out. They dropped their board game, got on their bikes, and rode to figure out what was going on. You know, there's a lot more stuff that happens in this story as they're exploring these strange things in their town. But one of the kids named Will actually ends up in this place called the Upside Down. And in the Upside Down, it's almost a parody of reality. You're able to see, okay, there's a tree there, but it's something's wrong about it. You're able to see, okay, there's a house there, but it looks decrepit, it looks decaying. And this inverse of reality is exactly what Jesus is speaking into in the Beatitudes. He is telling us that we are in this Upside Down parody of reality. We are in this space that we're not supposed to actually be in. The Beatitudes ironically twist this story uh, from Stranger Things, by the way, if you didn't pick up on that, it's from Stranger Things. We, without Jesus, live in the upside down, but it's so normalized that we get used to it. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, these, these ridiculous blessings wake us up from that upside down because he shows us that in our brokenness, he's actually giving us more strength. So the verse we have today, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. This is the third blessing that Jesus pronounces on those who are listening. And you know, I want to be honest, reading the Beatitudes before really diving into this one, this was one that I just kind of skipped. This is one that I was like, ah, yes, meek, good, next one. You know, it was something that I, I feel like it was very easy to understand. It's very, very easy to just understand meekness, inheriting the earth. But actually, let's pause for a second. The meek, they'll inherit the earth? What, <laughs> what does that even mean? But it's important before we go any further to try to understand what this means, to, to look at some definitions. The Bible is interesting because it's very good at explaining itself. It's very good at self-interpreting. And what I mean by that is if you come across a word, you come across a verse that's kind of strange, you can look in other parts of the Bible and often you can make more sense of the verse you're looking at. So right now we're gonna try to do that with the word meek the word meek. Okay, so let's go into the Greek. And, you know, I decided I'm going to insert a funny joke here about how it's all Greek to me because my dad always made that joke and he thinks it's funny. So at least I'll get one chuckle in the audience. Thanks, dad, for showing up. I appreciate that. (laughs) So super quick breakdown. For the most part, the New Testament is Greek 
in the Old Testament is Hebrew. There's a lot more nuance than that, but that's, that's the simple of it. So when I talk about the Greek, this is the language that the Beatitudes are written in, these verses that we're looking at uh, in these, the, these four days. When I talk about the Hebrew, that's the language that was used thousands of years prior to Jesus, as well as just a few hundred years prior to Jesus. Okay, are we on the same page? Clear as mud? Great, great. Okay, the Greek word used here for meek is praus. And that can mean meek, gentle, mild. This is kind of what we understand of when we hear the word gentle, meek. Uh, you know, the adverb form is uh, in the Greek understanding was used to describe a quiet and friendly composure, someone who didn't really get too upset when things went the wrong way. But what's important about the Greek understanding here is this was an active attitude, a deliberate acceptance, not just a passive submission. In their view, greatness of soul was demonstrated by the superior acceptance. So among the Greeks, gentle friendliness or meekness is highly prized as a social virtue in human relationships. Okay, that sounds pretty good, right? Like that's something we can be like, yeah, I really want to be meek. There is this form of meekness that's really revered in even today's society. This is the kind of meekness you see after a salesperson kills it in a presentation. She won the client, but she won't accept the praise. Rather, you know, she's like, oh, it was a team effort. We've all seen that meekness and that humility. It's much better than being braggadocious and saying, look how many sales I got. You know, I'm the top salesperson. We all know that guy. That's not the kind of meekness that we're a big fan of. But there's another kind of meekness that I think Jesus is really referring to when he talks about blessed are the meek. There's another meekness that some of us are really relating to. Maybe we know somebody in that space. This meekness is represented in the Old Testament as the word ani. So we have praus as the Greek, ani as Hebrew. I say it like you're going to remember it because I'm probably going to forget it as soon as I get off the stage. I'm just kidding. I have it written down. So ani means lowly, poor, afflicted, wretched, weak, and needy. That doesn't sound as attractive, does it? When you hear those things, you're not like, ah, yes, I want to be meek. When you hear those, you're like, this is a space I want to escape from. This is a thing that I want to get through. Ani refers to widows that have nothing in an extremely patriarchal society. Ani refers to the orphan when heritage and legacy is everything. It refers to the oppressed by the rich and powerful, the lowly, the needy, the poor, the weak. But herein lies the beauty. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, whenever that word ani is used in the Old Testament, it's almost always accompanied by those who are not forgotten by God, those who are worthy of receiving grace. And what does Jesus say about these people that are meek, that are broken, that are worthy of receiving grace? They inherit the earth. Yeah, now that we really read the text, we kind of have to sit and wrestle with this. It doesn't make sense. Because when you look around, who has been or continues to inherit the earth? When is the last time you thought of someone who was wildly successful, wealthy, winning at life, and meek? We know who usually inherits the earth, don't we? <laughs> it's the powerful. It's, it's those that are embracing generational power and or willing to do whatever needs to be done to lead and be the absolute best. I think of people that look like they're inheriting the earth. I think of Elon Musk. I think of Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Warren Buffett. You know, combined, these men, these five men, are worth $650 billion 
dollars. So I have no frame of reference for how much money that is because that is an insane amount of money. So I had to compare it to some things. Maybe this will help. With that money, you could fund the building of 238 Mars rovers. With that money, you could buy the Dallas Cowboys 100 times. With that money, you are worth three times more than the country of Greece, which we're talking about Greek. You're worth three times more than the country that originated that language, whose GDP is around $200 billion. With that money, you'll inherit the earth, right? I'd even go on to say that we want that kind of life to be what Jesus provides us. So when we see that blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, we should read that and be offended. In fact, I think many of us are. I know I am because I don't want that. I want to be free from the issues in life. I want, to, I want to get out of this place of feeling exhausted. I want to get out of this place of feeling like I have no hope. And Jesus says, while you're in that space, you're blessed now. But not only that, dude, you're going to inherit the earth. Hmm. There's a band called I Fight Dragons, <laughs> and they have this song called The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth. Let me, just, let me just read it to you. We were the ones you used to make fun of. We stayed at home alone instead of falling in love. We never got the chance to be prom, prom king. We didn't even dance, but here's the thing. We got the cars. We got the money. We need some sun, but I'm telling you, honey, that the geeks will inherit the earth. The geeks will inherit the earth. The lyrics are hilarious. They're intentionally ironic, but you get the point, right? It's true that geeks are an example of a marginalized people group. You know, there are obviously degrees of marginalization. I want to be clear here, so don't think I'm excluding other more serious situations, but I just find that um, a hilarious way to convey a very serious issue. That now geeks are more commonly accepted in the mainstream, it's, it's awesome, but you see how this marginalized group would feel vindicated? by getting all of those things that they didn't have and getting these things that make them successful, like cars and money. So going back to the verse, if you really look at the context, when Jesus spoke these words, it was laughable that someone like him would be teaching how to inherit the earth. It's almost even more ridiculous today when we compare Jesus to those around us that have so much success when there are men that are richer than entire countries. What right does Jesus have to tell us about inheriting the earth, about happiness, about blessedness? After all, he's a refugee born in a backwater town. What could he possibly know? What could he possibly teach? The affluent of Rome, the wealthy of America, the meek will inherit the earth. Are you seeing this? Jesus is saying that blessed are the meek. You know, I said that earlier, but I just have to reiterate again. What we've gone over so far, what we see around us, you'd assume it should say, blessed will be the meek once they inherit the earth. But Jesus says, while you are broken, while you are lowly, while you are wretched, while you are needy, you are blessed. This is not the message that we want. What we want is deliverance. From that pain, we want justice against those who have hurt us. We want recognition when we have done something well. We want riches. We want the easy life. But this is not the message that Jesus delivers. So we are forced to wrestle with that reality. Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of God thrives amongst those who recognize their lowliness, their brokenness, their need, and their wretchedness. You know, there's a common misconception 
that you that we hear and feel all the time that you have to get yourself right with God and then you can come to church but this is exactly the opposite of what Jesus is teaching here using new testament language we are kingdom bringers we are taking back the land the earth that the evil one has claimed and Jesus is sending us broken people to reclaim the earth can can we just get excited for that that is absolutely ridiculous why would god send broken people into the battlefield it goes against everything we know to be true here's the crux of the entire thing if you remember nothing else from what i say remember this by being broken lowly humble and weak we win that's it how can this be? So, so let's see if looking at another verse, remember we were talking about looking at other verses to see if we can understand. Let's see if there's another verse that helps us understand what's going on here. Now, this, uh, this verse is actually used to often make fun of Moses, a guy in the Old Testament known for writing a lot of the first few books of scripture, being very wise and leading, and just being close to God. Here's, here's the verse, it says, now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. <laughs> so that's Numbers 12, 3. And I'll, I'll break that down in a second, but when I first read that, I immediately think, I, I'm so sorry, I think in like pop culture, so you're gonna have to bear with me. Uh, there's a song by Lonely Islands called I'm So Humble. And some of the lyrics go like this. Bar none, I'm the most humblest. Number one at the top of the humblest. My apple crumble is by far the most crumblest, but I act like it tastes bad out of humbleness. <laughs> the thing about me that's so impressive is how so infrequently I mention all of my successes. So this is the kind of thing it feels like when Moses is basically patting himself on the back saying, I am the most humblest out of all of the people in the world. But when we remember how it was talked about in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, he is admitting that he is the weakest of all people. He is admitting that he is the most wretched. He is admitting that he needs more help than anybody else in the entire world. And do you know how we remember Moses? Do we remember him that way? When you think of Moses, you think of a mighty leader. You think of someone who talked face to face with God. So it seems to me that there is a direct correlation between admitting that you are broken and God's ability to transform your life. Remember earlier, I mentioned that there were many, many, many words, uh, sorry, there, there were many times when the word meek was used in the Old Testament, it's followed by those not forgotten by God, those worthy of receiving grace. Bear with me, I'm going over just a little bit here. I wanna read you this verse in Mark 2.17. Jesus says this crazy thing. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So as soon as we admit that we need Jesus, boom, he's there. That's all we have to do is just admit that we need him and he's looking for any excuse to love you to himself. This is the beauty of the, God's kingdom in your weakness you are strong. I want to leave you tonight with a quote from Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong.